Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Welcome back to Dave and Dia, a Blazers Edge podcast. I'm Dia Miller. I am here with Josh Rodriguez, our producer. Dave Decker is out tonight. So Josh uh, joined me kind of at the last minute to chat Blazers. Uh, Josh is not a Blazer fan. Nope. He is a Knicks fan, but we yep. like him. We like him anyway. He's got some good basketball knowledge, and I'm always glad to talk about this game with him. So, Josh, thank you for jumping on here at the last minute. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, even though your Blazers ruined um, my New York Knicks dream of having a perfect <laughs> summer league. You know, we did think that we were untouchable. We were flying high with our young guys, and then the Blazers just came in. And actually, I should say Richard Jefferson came in and just ruined our <laughs> dreams of an undefeated summer league. So. And anybody who's not following Summer League is so confused by that statement. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. We're going to explain it. Don't worry. Uh, For those of you who are listening and have no idea what he's talking about, we're going to get to that. But it's funny because I feel like everybody goes into Summer League that way. Everybody goes into Summer League like high on their, you know, their draft picks and their young guys. And nobody really knows how it's all going to pan out. And everyone thinks they're going to win. And then, you know, not Not everyone does. Nope. Nope. Okay, so let's talk about that first. Let's just talk about Summer League. There's a lot going on. Um, Summer League is in full force. If you aren't familiar with Summer League, basically what this is is literally the title of it. It is a league in the summer that they have a shortened little tournament. I get Not really tournament because it's not like a – Yeah, okay. It's several games that uh, the teams go out and compete. All the NBA teams are there, but they aren't bringing their guy like their their full roster guys, like the guys like Dame and Nurk and Ant. Like those guys aren't playing. It's all the young guys, all the guys that are a year or two in the new draft picks that they have. They also invite the teams will invite guys like from the G League or or other places as well to come and fill out their roster. And it's essentially a way to kind of see what players are looking like uh see who they want to invite to their training camps and and eventually fill the spots on their rosters so summer league is always really fun because you get these really young excited guys that just want to go out there and like kill because it's kind of their audition really that's exactly what it is i mean especially if you're a second round draft pick or an undrafted free agent 1000 percent, it is an audition you have 10 to 15 minutes to show what you can do you know you have the first round draft picks who will pretty much have some leeway everybody else in my mind if you're a second round pick if you're somebody who wasn't drafted if you're in your second year and you were a second round pick or you didn't get playing time last year i mean this is your chance to prove your worth so it's definitely high stakes but in a different way and it's such a it's kind of like a, you tweeted something josh about this like it's like a barbecue a summer barbecue for the nba <laughs> like the nba's version of a barbecue everybody shows up yeah. everybody from routine shows up they're saying hi to each other everybody from mba twitter is, is is there different reporters different podcast personalities it's it's a barbecue for sure yeah 
It is. It's a really cool atmosphere. And I'd never been there before. And, and it's it's a very like it, we're seeing even more of like the main guys on the rosters, the guys like I just mentioned, Damon Ant and Nurk, like all those guys, they're showing up and, you know, sitting courtside and watching their young guys on their teams play and cheering for them. And that's I love that. I think that's such a cool thing. Um, so you've got this arena full of NBA players, the who's who of the NBA, you know, from all these different teams. Yeah. Um, that are wandering around and chatting with people and signing autographs and taking pictures and things like that. And then all the basketball fans just packing it out. And it's such a cool atmosphere. I got to go down there briefly. It, that was cool. I got to meet Damian Lillard. Uh, Damon and I have had some interactions, um, but have never actually met in person. Um, I even photographed like the Blazer game and I was right by him. But whenever I'm shooting a game, I try to you know keep it professional. They're working like I'm working. And so it wasn't like we were having conversations. So that was cool. I, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, working with him in the future in in some capacity. That'll be fun to come. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was good. It was, it was definitely an interesting atmosphere. And I think it, uh, one of the things that's so interesting to me about it is Vegas is just full. It's not just the arena. There's all kinds of stuff that's happening outside of that. So if you are a basketball fan, this is the kind of thing you want to put on your basketball bucket list is, is to go out to summer league for sure. So with that, We've had three games, the Blazers so far. We have some more coming up, but we've had three games. First game was with the Pistons. It was 81 to 78. The Blazers lost. Man, those two, three, four point losses are very familiar for Blazer fans. <laughs> I feel like it's it's what we know. It's what we know. It's okay. It's summer league. It's like preseason. Like you want to win, but it doesn't matter if you win. It's true, but I'll tell you what, the 85 to 68 win over the Pelicans that we had followed by the 88 to 77 win over the Knicks. Do you know when the last time it was that the Blazers won two games in a row? You just mean the organization as a whole dating back to the regular season? Yeah. I'm going to say, I'll, I'll say January. You're close. It was February. Okay. Two, it was the last time the Blazers won two games in a row was February. That's <laughs> it. It was so nice. To see wins, like it's just even if it's summer league and it doesn't count, it feels good. But you know, when you're a basketball fan, you're watching this stuff happen. Like you don't. Most people that enjoy sports don't casually enjoy them. Like, well, whatever. Like you yeah. want to win. You're That's watching true. the team because you want to win. Nobody watches basketball and doesn't care if their team. They might not care to the extent that they're like going to freak out about it, but nobody cares. Like nobody watches and doesn't care. That's true. I mean, I was I was definitely rooting for the Knicks while I was watching uh, the Blazers Knicks, and I was kind of disappointed when the Knicks blew that big lead in the beginning. So you're right; you make a good point there. I wondered if you would still talk to me after that game was over. No, I actually was planning on giving the silent treatment, but you know, so. <laughs> but here you are on the podcast yeah. instead. <laughs> I broke right. you. Yeah, that was an interesting one specifically because Richard Jefferson, who is an ex NBA player, he's retired now. You know, you've probably heard him on some rant about basketball at some point or another <laughs> complaining about <laughs> yeah. New um, basketball yeah he made his debut as a referee on the blazers knicks game and it was definitely interesting uh it, it's not an easy thing to just go in and be a referee even when you i made a joke on twitter about how you know he being a vet he probably would be better than some referees we could name and it you know it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke 
obviously it takes a lot to be a ref and it's not an easy thing for somebody to just step into. And, you know, I think, I think he did okay. He wouldn't, he didn't do okay. He was awful. <laughs> I mean, listen, and it's he not coming did better from, than I could. It's not, it's not coming from the perspective of like, Oh, he blew a f- couple calls. Like the first call he made was the wrong call. It had to be reversed. And that was the crew chief acted hilarious. It, it was absolutely hilarious. Just small things. Like he didn't put his hand in the air when it was a three pointer. Like he just missed a few things. It's refereeing is hard. Like it's an actual thing that people have to train for and go through. And I know we give refs a hard time and we do wish they were better at their job. But I mean, you can't just throw someone in there who's played basketball just because they played basketball could be a ref. It's it's not a very easy thing to do. It was hilarious to watch. It was fun blaming the Knicks blown lead on Richard Jefferson, even though he had nothing to do with it. Um, as a Knicks fan, I'm going to be delusional and I'm going to pretend like he did. Oh, we're good at being delusional. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Join Dave, us. Dave, Dave, you got to. You got to stay on this podcast because if I take over with Dia, this whole thing is just gonna be like <laughs> conspiracy theory, rainbows and unicorns. You're going to lose your audience here. <laughs> yeah. So, I, you know, I mean, he obviously isn't great at it. It's not. But I did. I did hear, though, that he took some sort of class. So he didn't just like say, oh, I'm a basketball player. I'm going to go be a ref like he still he took- hard. If I put you in a gym for, for a week and I was like, hey, shoot some three pointers. Like now go in the NBA and go. Go hit some threes. You're not going to do it. I could totally do it. No, you can't. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely not. But yeah, definitely a fun thing, I guess, that they did. I mean, again, this doesn't count for anything really, except I did see that the team that wins this year is getting rings. Did you see that? I did see that, yes. And good for them. Like it, it is hard work and they do play and, and they yeah. should, I think that it should be recognized. So I think that's really cool that they're going to get what rings. better way to validate the seriousness of a tournament than to bring an ex NBA player as a referee. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to give you rings. This is serious. You're so bitter. You're uh, so bitter I, over this Knicks loss. Nice. It's cool. Listen, I, I know a lot of people um, in the group chats that I'm in with my friends, they were making fun of it and saying it was stupid. But to me, who cares? Like, if you want to ring, like, for winning Summer League, that's dope. Like, there are people, like I said, who are drafted in the second round, undrafted free agents who this might be the end of the road for them. And they might have contributed yeah. to winning, you know, Summer League tournament. And that's what they're going to tell their kids and grandkids. That's dope to me. I mean, why would you hate on something like that? It's it's something positive. It's not like it's a, it's a negative thing. So, Well, and one of the cool things, too, is, like, like you see these guys out if you're walking around Vegas you see these guys out in their like not in their uniforms <laughs> but like in their gear that say like the team names and stuff CJ told the story recently when he left the Blazers to go to the Pelicans I think in his players tribune thing he was talking about when him and Dame were rookies and they were wandering around the mall and nobody recognized see mm-hmm. nobody recognized cj because they weren't at the same year and nobody recognized cj they had started to recognize dame and cj was like when's it gonna be my turn and he was talking about how badly he wanted that to happen and i think about what you just said with some of these guys that this is it this is this is gonna be the extent of their career yeah. and so to get to walk around vegas when everybody's there for summer league and like be in your team's gear like that's there's got to be kind of a cool feeling for yeah, them and absolutely. so yeah. like it's it's cool i like that they have you know i mean you know how I am with the G League and and all that stuff too. Like I love these opportunities for them. So really, really cool thing going on over there. In the midst of that, there's some other underlying things that are happening. Uh, Shaden Sharp was our number seven draft pick has fallen to the Blazers injury curse. There is nothing worse than a summer league injury. I mean, it's just such an unfortunate situation. Very anticlimactic. Especially with Shaden Sharp. 
we we don't see him playing college. Everyone has these questions yeah. about what he's going to be in the pros. How good is this guy? What does he even look like playing? And then he plays, takes three shots, and he's out for the rest of the summer. Yeah, it was funny because <laughs> I was sitting at that first game, yeah. and um, Jordan, who's one of the co-owners of Swish Cultures, which I shoot for, he was there filming, and he texted me, and he's like, man, why aren't they playing Shade and Sharp? Like, I want to see him. I want to get footage of him. Like, because like you said, he was one of the unknowns. He was one of the guys that like nobody really knew what he was going to be. And so, you know, I think there was a lot of hype about that and people were excited to see him play. And then he's out. He was injured. He has a shoulder injury from everything that I, that we have been told it should be fairly quick. It's like a, I think they said like 10 to 14 days, he'd be reevaluated. So this isn't the kind of thing that's going to damage his season. You know, he'll be, he should be ready to go back, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, assuming that it doesn't give him any more problems, but it's just frustrating, like to miss out on summer league. I'm sure for him, definitely for fans. And, and you just never want to see a guy get hurt. There's, there was news of somebody else today. I don't remember which team it was, but somebody from e. one of the Liddell. teams had. Yeah. 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 And it was, that's, it was an ACL, a torn ACL, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of thing, like you get that in summer league. That's just so sad. You hate to see that happen. Yeah. And like I said, you know, it, it's one of those things where the Blazers, you know, let's be honest, the expectations last season were playoffs, you know, minimum we're going to the playoffs and, you know, who knows if things break the right way, maybe we make a little bit of a run and then for the season to shape out the way that it did. And then you get a high, you know, lottery draft pick in a year that you weren't expecting to, you at least were looking forward to this right by January, by the time you guys stopped winning consecutive games, <laughs> there was a thought of, all right, listen, we're getting a high draft pick out of this. And then all this buildup, you know, six months of buildup to, oh, he gets hurt within like five minutes of, of playing basketball. That's really disappointing. And I feel bad for you. I feel, I feel bad for Blazers fans, but thankfully it's not, it's not anything serious. And that's the most important thing right now. I know that every team has injuries. Like I, I'm aware that that's how this works. Like players yeah. get injured. They're playing a very physical game. I, I get that, but it sure seems like Blazers have awful, awful <laughs> luck with injuries. Like as a Knicks fan, as somebody on the outside looking in, would you agree that we have like a higher rate of traumatic injuries? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it seems like there are seasons where, and sometimes like you guys recover from it too. Like you'll have injuries, but like you'll do okay. It kind of got to you last year. That, you know why that is? Because in the past we've had injuries and Damian Lillard's just strapped the team to his back and kept yeah. on moving and we didn't have him. He was the injury last year. Yeah. For some, and, and last year it was just too much to handle for for me, when I watch a Blazer game, and I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but it always just seems like someone's getting hit in the face. Always. Uh, half, of, half of the time it was Robert Covington. Uh, <laughs> and now that he's away from the team, I think that the hit in the face ratio is probably going to go down a little bit. But maybe, yeah. maybe they just find someone else. <laughs> yeah. Who was it? Somebody else was wearing a mask by the, was it trending? I think it was trending. Was it? Maybe, I'm not, maybe I'm, I'm not wrong. sure, but yeah, the Blazers don't have the best luck with injuries. I, I can't really think of another team outside of them right now. You know, last year was kind of, and the past two years in general have been kind of weird just because of COVID. So there's been a lot of right, like, people right. the COVID-19 list. And, you know, I know the Knicks had that for a little bit, you know, in the middle of our season and a lot of teams can say the same thing. So it's, it's kind of unfair to kind of just say, oh, the Blazers, you know. Are no, but I would say I would say injuries separately from COVID, yeah. like COVID aside, we were all dealing with that. But on right. top of that, over the last, even just look at the last like five, six years, like right. the Blazers are constantly injured, constantly. Yeah. Cody Zeller wore a mask. I think. Cody Zeller did wear a mask. You're right. You're right. 
He did. Yeah. They always getting hit in the face. Always. I mean, the amount of tweets I have, like there's a, you know how, when you use the little gifs on the tweets, how they pop to the top of your list frequently used. My most frequently used one is guys wrapped in bubble wrap because of how many, (laughs) because of, because of how many times I would say like, we need to look into uniforms that are made out of bubble wrap for these guys. (laughs) Like, it's so bad. You know, the guys have looked good. It's been fun to watch them play. Keon Johnson's been playing really well. Yeah. Trenton Watford's been playing really well. Greg Brown the third is just dunking all over the place and blocking. Like, he's just basically flying through the air constantly. And But we have to talk about Jabari Walker, who is our other draft pick we drafted him in the second round and i'm there have been things going around the last couple days saying that saying and not just for blazers fans but from outside sources saying that he may be the steal of the draft he's really played well and he's you know he's just he's going out there and you talk about this being an audition like he is sealing his spot uh he is working working for it what do you think about jabari walker I like Jabari. He has a seven foot wingspan, which the Blazers could use a lot of height. Yeah, we could. He's not seven feet, but you know, he's long and lanky. He plays very good defense from what I know about him at his time in Colorado. He's a good off ball defender. He's a good on ball defender. Um, To me, that's his biggest strength is, you know, playing defense, blocking shots at the rim and closing out at shooters at the three point line and closing out on shooters at the three point line is something that <laughs> I know it we sounds, need that. I know it sounds really small to some people mm. listening, but there are probably some Blazers fans listening to this podcast. Like, yeah, actually um, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it sounds like such a minuscule thing, um, but he's, he's good at that. Uh, he's a very streaky three point shooter from what I've read. I look at his stats that when he shoots in the high thirties, which is good, you know, anything, uh, 35% and above to me is considered, okay, this, this person can shoot the three and he can. Um, I don't think he can create his own shot, but when you have Damian Lillard on the team and you're probably going to run like, you know, a pick and roll with Nurk, all you just need for him to do is spot up and shoot the three when the ball's given to him and he doesn't need the basketball. He's someone who doesn't, you know, demand the basketball. So I do think if it gets to the point where he's working his way up in the rotation and he actually does get minutes, I think he can be very valuable for the Blazers. I mean, you talk about it all the time on this podcast that the Blazers need defensive players. You know, the Blazers are constantly torched on defense, constantly. Um, And, you know, you have a player here in Jabari Walker who can guard basically anything from the two to the four. He can switch on the pick and roll, which is good And in today's NBA. And, you know, he's somebody who, if he's hitting his three, like he's going to be hard to take off the floor, you know, and it's early, it's summerly. You don't really know these things and you don't know how he's going to play out you know, when the regular season starts, but it's a very encouraging sign for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that the, this new management has leadership has done with the team is they know we have shooters and, and scorers in, in guys like Dame, you know, we we've got that there. So what we need to do is build defense around them because we do not have that. And I feel like that's what they've gone after. I feel like they've gone after guys who are going to be scrappy and they're going to be defensive that we've got some more size guys like Jabari, you know, we've got, we brought in Gary Payton jr. We brought in Jeremy Grant. Those guys are going to be big for, for us defensively. And I think that putting people like that around guys like Dame is going to make all the difference. And Jabari seems like he's really going to fit in. I I can see him playing off the bench and, and being a really good asset. So he seems to have a really good knowledge for the game too. He, he seems like a player that 
you know, I, I saw, I think it was uh, Greg Brown. I don't know if he tweeted or if he said it in an interview, but he was talking about how when he was a rookie last year, like he, it took him some time. He felt like he was kind of clueless getting into it. And Jabari just his picking it right up and just going right with it. And, um, you know, his dad was in the NBA. Uh, he had a 10-year career in the NBA and then went overseas after that for, I think, another five or so years. Um, and he was a he was a high. He was a ninth draft pick. Bucky, yeah, he was good. Yeah. So he comes from that background. But guess what his mom does for a living? Photographer. No. His mom is – that's a good guess, knowing yeah, me getting all excited about it. Um, his mom is in the FBI. Get out. No. I mean, is that the right – response to get out yeah don't, you, <laughs> no you don't i'm not gonna out. get out you're not gonna get out you're gonna stand your ground you're staying right here <laughs> i did not respond to that no. yeah get out get out i'll, I'll go I'll, I'll kindly leave this conversation yeah FBI, really yeah and i i was reading something and he said that for years he couldn't talk about it like he wasn't allowed to talk about it so like his dad was an NBA player and his mom was an FBI agent. Like this guy's like a content dream. <laughs> like, wow. This he, they're gonna get some interesting stuff from him, I feel like. I'm I'm excited to hear more about his story because wow, wow is right. How did how did their parents I, you know, I don't even want to know that question. I don't want to no, know how I do. I want to know how they <laughs> met. Like what an interesting story. Yeah. Like what an interesting story. So lots to lots to look forward to, you know, as summer league finishes out and we go into, you know, training camps and getting ready for the season and all that. There's a lot, a lot to look forward to big things in blazer news. First of all, you know, the thing that everybody's been talking about Damian Lillard signs a huge extension max contract, $122 million. I can't even like, 122 million dollars like what do you even if yeah, and if, if, if 122 dollars was wired to my account today i'm doing back <laughs> right yeah. like that's the most exciting thing yeah. um, 122 yes yeah um <laughs> it, it's it's wild and it makes yeah. him one of the highest earners in the nba yeah. in nba history for the amount of years he will have had and the amount of money he will have made by the end of this contract. It's right. like 450 something million dollars he will have made in just from the NBA. That doesn't include, I mean, Dame has all kinds of endorsements and things like that too. If he um, invests correctly, he can be a billionaire. Yeah. He's, and he's doing it right. He's, he's, yeah. you know, he's being, he's making good life and business decisions, but this extension is, is an interesting one because it kind of puts to rest at least for now, all the rumors about this man leaving port. I mean, that's been, that has been the topic for like the last year. Where's Dame going to end up? He's not going to stay in Portland, blah, blah, blah. And all of us have been tired of hearing about it. And I, for one, have been saying that this was where we were going, but you know. You know, it's wild. I, only, if only somebody would have asked him, you know. <laughs> 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 like if, if the media was just man, like, you know, Dame, are you going to leave? Like, what, like, I, I wish someone in the media would have had the guts to ask Damian Lillard what his future plans yeah, were. It's you really know? weird that they just yeah. beat around the bush and never. Yeah. And, and if only Dame was, you know, straightforward in saying like, yeah. you know, he you could know, have really cleared I up those st- rumors with yeah. one statement. I, I mean, we, we wouldn't be so shocked. No. 
So you and I, we are very antiquated with Lakers Twitter because we live in Los Angeles right. and they're, they can be very delusional. And I'm a Nick fan and Nick fans had a dream of getting Damian Lillard for a little bit and they became a little delusional. And nobody listened to Portland fans. Like, no. like nobody. No. Like, you had all of Blazers Twitter, Damian Lillard, Chris Haynes, like, everyone yeah. who's connected yeah. to Damian Lillard. Like, no, nah, like, he's not he's not going anywhere. Freaking Dame over Dame. and over and over. Yeah. Like, guys, I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm yeah. not leaving. Like, and then, and then people the are next like, day, people are like, <laughs> is Dame leaving? I literally saw a headline the day after he right. signed his $122 million contract saying, yeah. is Damian Lillard leaving Portland? It's, it's like, like, it's very toxic behavior. It's disgusting. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not surprising to people like you, Dia. It's not surprising to people like me who, in my own way, I'm around Blazers Twitter and I, I feel like I'm you're a, welcome. I'm a weird. I'm like this weird cog. And I, I, I would consider the Blazers Twitter my upside down. Like I'm 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 a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> this every is one, a Stranger Things reference. Yeah, people every once in a while I go through the gate and I'm in Blazers Twitter. I'm mean, just not filled with Demogorgons and and things that will kill me. It's a lot nicer of a place. If I'm oh, Blazers Twitter is a beautiful place compared to oh, most. Oh my, Blazers Twitter, like shout out to Blazers Twitter because Blazers Twitter, I'm a New Yorker. And when people think of New York, you think of rude, you think arrogant. I, I know, I know, I get it. When Blazers put Twitter tries to be mean, it's adorable because you guys are <laughs> such nice people. And I mean, as a compliment, like you very nice people and rational I, there's a few don't get me wrong there's a few in every bunch but shout out to you guys well, and we're irrational we're irrational when it comes to like i'm already on the like okay this is it this is we're gonna win a championship like yeah, we get a little irrational every every, every fan base is irrational like that to me it comes from like a love of your team yeah and not a delusion of how good your players are like next yeah. twitter like we are literally discussing whether or not rj barrett's a superstar and i like rj barrett but like come on yeah guys come yeah on. let's let's be real here but it's, Damian it's Lillard is actually a superstar. And oh, we... that, yeah, I mean, he's only a top 75 <laughs> player of all time. Right, Nobody right. Um, so it's, you know, it's good to it's good to see him stay as if he needed to reaffirm the fact that he wants to be here on top of signing right. a contract extension like he did. Uh, the, the team did do a press conference. There were some comments that were made. One of the things that Dame said, it, I'm going to just read a couple quotes from it and for people who missed it, because probably a lot of people listening didn't hear it. As long as I have an opportunity to do it, I'm willing to go out. However, he said, that's where I've always stood and that's where I stand. I just want an opportunity to either it's going to get done or it's going or it's not going to get done. I don't want to go out there with this crazy uphill battle that I'm fighting and we need a miracle times 10 to get it done. I just want a shot at it. And if that happens and it doesn't work out, then I can live with it. So essentially Dame's like, Hey, give me a shot to win. If I don't, if I never win a ring fine, but at least like give, put me in a position where yeah. I can try. Uh, and I think that we've known that we've been hearing that, especially last summer, there was a big push. He made a big push to really surround him with players that could make them a contending team. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's fair. I, you know, I had a conversation today with a couple of the guys that I was working with at the sparks game and we were talking about Portland and, and the, one of them, you know, kept saying, well, Dame doesn't even really care if he wins a championship. That's been his 
MO, this guy's MO is like, it doesn't really like, he's not, he's not in it for the championship. And I was like, you can't say that. And he's like, okay, but he's not going to win in Portland. And I said, honestly, you can't guarantee he could go to the best team in the league and you can't guarantee that he's going to win. He could go to the team with the most superstars and you can't guarantee that he's going to win. Look at the Lakers, look at Brooklyn. Both of those teams were stacked as far as a roster is concerned. And they went out super the Lakers didn't even make the playoffs and Brooklyn went out in a sweep in the first round. So just because you go to another team that has a bunch of superstars on it, doesn't guarantee you a win. Whereas Damian Lillard is in a position right now where he, he can sit here and say, Hey, I want to try. We can try to put the people around him to do that as, as best as is possible. And he can, you know, make his money, live in the same place for his entire career, raise his family there and be a freaking superhero to the city of Portland, because that town, that city loves that man. And he will be forever a hero if he goes out in a Blazers uniform, even if they never win a championship. No, I'm with you. You know, I, it's funny how a lot of fans talk where it's just kind of like, oh, Dame's not serious about winning. But then like Katie, one of the Warriors, I'm like, well, you can't do that. <laughs> right there's no winning there's no winning <laughs> with fans yeah you, you you can't do it and listen a lot of times i think athletes kind of get trashed or you know slandered because they make a decision that's best for their family oh my god god forbid um how dare damian lillard want to stay in the same city that's treated him like royalty like, like royalty and, and nothing and loved him and showed his family nothing but love and respect you know for his whole adult life and raised his family there like there's so many other things that go into whether or not someone signs with the team or goes somewhere else. Yeah. The fact that someone can just chalk it up to like winning should be the top priority is dumb. And you can yeah. walk and chew gum at the same time. You could right. want to stay where you're at and still make winning a priority just because you're not going to the Lakers doesn't mean you don't want to win. I mean, maybe Dame wants to beat the Lakers on his way to the championship. You ever think of that? Like there are right. a lot of different things that right. goes into a player wanting to stay where he's at and, you know, yeah. Dean and Portland obviously have a very special relationship. Why would you mess with that? And Dean doesn't want to mess with that. And he's all and, being offered $122 million extra right. in two years. Which is right. actually, yeah. You, you, you say no to that. You tell me you're going to say no to that. And then, and then. Right. You. Well, and I don't know why we ended up in this place where we think it's okay to say like how players should make their decisions. Why does it matter if, if there's a guy who wants to chase a ring and every single year he asks for a trade, he's entitled to that. He's allowed to do that. If there's a guy that wants to stay in one place because he wants to raise his family there and really could care less if they won a championship, which I'm not saying is the case for Dame. I'm just saying in general, if a guy wants to do that, he's entitled to that. If there's somebody that wants to go wherever they're going to pay him the most money, he's entitled to that. And I don't know why we ended up in this world of, well, everybody has to do it this way or everybody has to do it this way or we're going to criticize this guy for making these decisions. It's like, man, let the guys live, let them make their life choices and decide what's important to them and then work with that accordingly. So a few other things kind of came up in the press conference. One of the things specifically is, is just his trust in, in the front office and, and their ability to put people around him. He, He talked about signing Jeremy Grant and being a huge move that they made. Um, and then also Gary Payton Jr. Um, being something that changes the team. He has faith in the front office's vision of the team. Um, and this is a direct quote. He said, the answers that I got and the responses that I got 
I didn't look at him like, oh, he's just telling me this. I was able to trust what I was hearing from Chauncey and Joe. And I think I've got a good nose for when somebody's blowing smoke. I would say he does. I think he seems to know who he can trust and who he can't. And I think that he's been, it's been reported over and over and over, both from the team themselves, from Dame, from media outlets, that he's been very much in the loop on the decisions that are being made and the things that are happening. And so I think that with this new leadership, they are really doing the best that they can to, you know, try to make this work. Uh, and they've got for now through 2027 is where this deal ends. So they've got some time to kind of work with and, and put some people around him and hopefully they will. You know, I, I think somebody asked me tonight if I think that they realistically can win a championship uh, in Dame's prime. And, and realistically, I think that before Damian Lillard retires from the NBA, the Portland Trailblazers realistically could win a championship. Does that mean they will? I don't know. There's no way to know that. Even if we brought all the best players in the NBA onto this team, you can't guarantee it. So hopefully we will. Hopefully we'll see one. What I get out of Dame speaking every time I hear him speak is the fact that all he wants is for the organization to try. Like that's yeah. it. Which and is like how you don't get better than that. Like yeah, you, as, mean, as an organization to a player, like to have a player of that caliber be like, yeah, just try. Just try, that's all it is. He's not asking like, we need a championship by 2025. It's like, no, or like, I'm leaving. Know, if, if right. Watch the team play. If you see, we have some weaknesses, let's address it. Let's do our best to win a championship. I want to stay importantly winning a championship and all he's asking for is to try, you know, a lot of people, I, I think they, they confused asking an organization to try and asking an organization to actually deliver and, and, and win the championship. And I think it's very admirable for Dame to say, Hey, listen, it's, it's actually pretty understanding and, and empathetic. I know it's because yeah. pretty like big words to use, but in a sense where it's just kind of like, Hey, listen, I know we're in Portland. I know we're a small park and I know it's kind of hard to get superstars on the same team. I know it's hard to develop chemistry. I, I know all that, but just, you know, I, I don't want to go two or three seasons without the front office making moves. Right. Trade deadline. <laughs> like, or addressing certain situations. Just this is an insanely reasonable ask. Insanely reasonable. Yeah. Like, you, I, and I think almost to the point where, like, this is why people give him such a hard time and say that he's not, like, he doesn't care about a championship because he's being reasonable. He's not demanding that they go get LeBron James and put him on his team. Like, the, he's not, be, he's being reasonable. He's addressing what's there. He's realizing what's realistic and asking for that. Like, hey, let's try. And I, for one, really appreciate that, that he's being reasonable in that. Yeah, that's all you can do. I mean, wh what else as a player can you real realistically expect from your organization? Yeah, but I think a lot of players aren't realistic. And I think no, that's I know. And why... that's why you got, that's why you have, and I work for the guy, but right. that's why you have LeBron going from Cleveland to Los Angeles, from Cleveland to Miami, back to Cleveland. Like, that's why you have him doing that. That's why you have KD yeah. going from Oklahoma City to Golden State to, to Brooklyn to who knows now because he's right. demanding a trade. You're right. I think a lot of players are unrealistic. And I think a lot of them chase this idea of yeah. I have to win a ring for my legacy. And I think Dame, you know, he's smart in the sense where he's like, a legacy doesn't have to be winning a ring. My legacy yeah. could be that, you know, for 15 to 20 years, I gave Portland all that I could give them. Yep. And I made their lives better for 15 to 20 years because they watched me play basketball every night. Yeah. And again, those guys are entitled to do those things. They're entitled to be unrealistic and chase 
a, an expectation or a ring or whatever they want to change. They're entitled to that. We're not saying they can't do that. But what Dame's doing is not something that is typical. And in my opinion, it's special. He went on to say, and this is my favorite quote from the whole press conference. He said, I don't think that you earn something like this just by going out there and scoring a bunch of points. Something that's missing in our league is the character and the fight and the passion and pride, not about not just the name on the back, but the name on the front and how you impact the people you come in contact with. Damian Lillard is one of the best human beings as far as giving back to his community. If you talk to people that live in Portland and who are part of this community, they will talk about specific instances where Dame has been in the community, where he's started programs, where he's created change and and impact on the people around him. You know, he shares some of it on social media, but a lot of it he doesn't because he's doing it to make his community better. He's doing it to impact. He's not just doing it for attention or for social media clout. Not that sharing it is bad. I love seeing the things that are happening. And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I, I, I think that there's a lot that's going on that we don't even not living in Portland. You don't even see, but uh, one of the things that you hear over and over every single time the media would start this narrative about Dame leaving the team, you would hear people from Portland talk about how tragic that would be for the community, that not just Dame as a basketball player, but as a man living within the community, um, he creates an impact. And I think that that's a cool thing. And, and again, something that isn't necessarily the norm. This is home. Portland is home for him. He's taken pride and ownership in it. It's not a place he's planning to leave. And I think that he's aware of the impact that he leaves behind him. You know, he's not someone who's just going to make a move because it's best for him, even if it was best for him. He, I think he's somebody that's very aware of the fact that his moves impact the, the rest of the team, the, the people that work for the team, the coaching staff, all of those people are impacted by the choices that he makes and, and the direction he goes. And I really appreciate the fact that he takes that into account and makes that decision. Dame is a good human being and Portland fans are always big on that. And I think that he he just really fits well there. Yeah. I don't think he'd be as appreciated in a lot of places, to be honest. No, I mean, uh, I mean, just speaking as a Nick fan, like. <laughs> <laughs> New York would kill him. I mean, he, he could handle it, I'm sure. But like no, New York I mean, would. The thing with New York, New York is a city where it's like, if, if you're giving 110% and you show that you care, we'll, we'll love you. We will. Um, it, it might be different until he, he, you have a bad day and you if like you have a bad game or if you say something kind of out of the ordinary, like you'll get ripped in the media for sure. But the fans will love you. Trust me. Yeah. I went through the mellow era. <laughs> we're not getting into that on this podcast. No, we're not. Not today. No. Um, Joe Cronin, who is obviously the general manager currently uh, said kind of ended the press conference by saying this deal puts us in a position to continue on the path to making him a lifetime trailblazer. I think that's everybody's kind of dream and hope and goal here is that Damian Lillard will retire in a Portland Trailblazers jersey. And I truly, truly, and I've gotten, I've gotten criticized for this, but I truly think that's the direction we're going here. I think banning, I think short of some dramatic thing happening to change the course of things, I, I think that is probably the direction we're, we're heading in. And I, for one, love it. 
I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit before Kobe retired. You know, he he did have signed a, a last contract with the Lakers that cost a lot of money and restricted them from doing a lot of different moves. And because of, I wouldn't say just because of that contract, but you know, a, a big reason why the Lakers were stuck in the bottom of the NBA standings was because of this contract that they owed Kobe Bryant. And you pretty much are suffering because you're overpaying this guy who's just not what he used to be. You know, if I'm a Blazer fan or, you know, somebody who's a little bit of a pessimist, you know, I'm thinking, man, that's a lot of money to give a player who's going to be in his upper thirties Dame, He's been relatively healthy his whole career. I know he had that rib injury, but he seems like he's healthy now. So you're, you're pretty much banking on the fact right now that like during those years, Dame is going to be relatively healthy and that it's just not going to be $60 million on the bench or $60 million limping up and down the floor. So if I'm a Blazer fan, I'm a little worried there. If I'm, if I'm being completely honest with you, you know, it might be worth it. You know, it might be more important for Blazers fans to watch Damian Willard in the Blazers uniform his whole career. But moving forward, you know, when you're thinking about the health of the team and you're thinking about what they could possibly be during those years, that could be a little restricting uh, on on moves that Cronin could probably make, even though the cap is going up. So that, I think that's my only concern. I mean, if you're going to give the benefit of the doubt to anybody, it, it is Dame. And if you're going to let it slide with anybody, it, it is Dame. But, you know, just to play devil's advocate and to have the other side of the argument there, that that is a concern if, if I'm a general manager, for sure. I hate devil's advocate. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, let's just have unicorn. You're paying someone 122 million for two years. That's six. That's that's an absurd amount of money for someone who's going to be at that point. You would think past his prime, and he. We don't know what he's going to be at that. You know, I'm I'm not making predictions that Damian Lillard's going to be injured or Damian Lillard's going to be averaging 10 a game. He he could still be like averaging 20 and 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 right. six or something like that. Look at LeBron. Right. Exactly. So. I'm not speculating how good right. he's going to be or how right. that, but what I am saying that it is a possibility, you know, right. it, you are, this is a risk by the Blazers. For right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. The last kind of big, I guess, piece of news uh, going on in the land of, of Blazers. That was a weird way to say that. Blazerland. Blazer, Blazerland. Rip city um, <laughs> is a, pretty prevalent news piece sort of news piece that came out in the new york post before i get into this for what it's worth the new york post is not this it's not (laughs) the same thing as the times the new york times is a legit newspaper um the new york post is a tabloid basically it's technically Um, not but they run like they are i'm gonna zip my mouth in a sense They're, they're not a tablet like I'm, I'm just telling people like it's actually not right, right, right. So but- I will say just from my own very personal experience, <laughs> I had and we're not going to get into this, but I there was a New York Times or New sorry, not New York Times, New York Post article written about me years ago. I'm not getting into why, um, but it was inaccurate. They did not quote me accurately. They did not, when they reached out for comment and I gave them comment, they did not take that into account. Um, and as somebody who is, you know, in this little media thing here, uh, they didn't do their due diligence. And so for me personally, I take everything that they put out with a grain of salt. I would not seek out the New York Post ever. I would not. I wouldn't even I ref- give them a grain of salt if I'm being completely honest with you. That's how. Yeah. I, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't read I don't read the New York Post. Um, The only reason that we're discussing this is because it's Blazers centric. And I know people have said, well, it's different with sports. They're different with sports and yada, yada, yada. Okay, whatever. Um, I say this as a disclaimer. It's the New York Post. We just need to keep that in mind. That being said, there were direct quotes, which I again, I just anyway, um, this article came out of the New York Post basically just kind of ripping into Jody Allen specifically. I'm going to try to summarize based off of the Blazer's Edge article that was written about it. You can go read the whole article if you're interested, um, either the New York Post or the Blazer's Edge write-up about it. Read the Blazer's Edge write-up about it. Yeah, seriously. Um, But basically... Here's a couple quotes. Uh, Sources told the Post, there's growing disarray behind the scenes. A highly placed team staffer alleged that Jody's toxic behavior dating back to allegations of harassing bodyguards and violating U.S. import laws has spilled over into the management of the team. Um, it The article basically suggests that Allen, Jody Allen is is passing off decisions to, to Burt Colt, a longtime executive uh, for Vulcan. Vulcan is the parent company that manages the owns and manages the Blazers. If, if people aren't familiar there, basically he's become that, that they're saying that Jody is kind of pushing off her own responsibilities to somebody else. Another quote, the trailblazers are not as successful as they could have been. Jody's deferring everything to Bert and he's not the right guy for the team. Cold was Paul Allen's college roommate and friend. He always had these issues that didn't make sense. Paul would consult Cold, but Paul would make the decisions. Jody's letting Bert make all the decisions now. There's a lot more. The comments are coming directly from former team president Larry Miller. He was president from 2007 to 2012. Um, it also cites unnamed sources. The other big condemning quote from this article says and this is again i think from larry miller said damien wanted to sit down and have a conversation with jody about the team and she didn't return his call then he tried to email her eventually she just never responded and put him in touch with bert oh no this is from a source this is not this is not a name Larry Miller for this particular one. When you own a team, there are critical decisions to make and you should be the one involved in making the decisions. Anyway, uh, he goes on to say that she's become more involved since the passing of Paul Allen. It's just a mess. It's just a mess accusing Jody of being toxic and doing shady stuff and dodging responsibilities. It's not a good look. It's not a good look at all for the team, for Jody, for anything. In response, uh, Damian Lillard released a statement via quote uh, to Chris Haynes, who we all know is, is kind of Dame's mouthpiece. We, we, we all know that if you've been following the Blazers for five minutes. Uh, So Dame set told Chris this, I'm not sure where that story, Every time I've ever reached out to Jody, she's always taken the time to speak with me. I never send an email or none of that. I have a great relationship with management and ownership. My agent, Aaron Goodwin, speaks with ownership and management on a regular basis. This is a non-story. Well, of course it's a story. Of course it's a story. It's never a non-story. If you say it's a non-story, it's a story. So here's the deal. First of all, it's a really funny picture to me of Damian Lillard trying to call someone and the person not answering his call so he like emails them like 
yes. Dame has a personal email. <laughs> He's like, hey, Jody, no, sorry, you missed my call. If you could just call me back when you get a chance. Like his signature says yeah. Damian Lillard, point guard, Portland Trailblazer. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is this is not Dame's not emailing Jody. Like, I do think that there are some things here that don't line up. <laughs> That's just such a funny picture. That being said, none of this is like groundbreaking if you've been following this team if you've been following jody allen and what's going on like none of this is news honestly like it kind of is a non-story only because we already like they're not telling us anything we don't already know and it's frustrating because when you're dealing with someone like a coach or a manager or like a gm or whatever if there's misconduct or there's toxicity or whatever there are ways to get rid of that person and, and fill that with somebody better. And we've seen that with the Blazers. It's ha- We just went through that with Neil Olshay. When you're dealing with an owner and especially an ownership group like this, it's a lot more complicated. They can't just fire Jody and be done with it. Right. So you're dealing with this person that has all these allegations and there's really not a lot that can be done about it. It's a crappy situation. <laughs> it just really is. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing that can be done about it is Adam Silver is like, okay, we got to get her out of here some way, somehow. That's that's pretty much the only thing. You know, I'm, I'm not too familiar with the ownership situation um, with the Portland Trailblazers. I, you know, I, I have talked to you about it and you have informed me about, you know, things here and there, but it's not something that I really know the ins and outs and the nuances of. To me, again, like this goes back to, I guess, the theme of the episode. Like if Dame says something, like just believe it. Like if he's yeah. going to say it's a non-story, it's a non-story. So you know, if I'm a Blazer fan and I'm, I'm reading this and that that's that's my advice to you, you know? Yeah. You know, Dame just signed an extension. There's some type of satisfaction where Dame is saying, you know, I'm going to commit myself a few more years to this organization. So even if there are some cracks in the organization and ownership or some things that he may not be happy about or some things that are toxic in the workplace, it's not toxic enough to drive him away. And I think that's a good thing. So I, I, I don't know Jody Allen. I don't know what her role is going forward or what it's going to be. Speaking of Blazer fans, it seems like they want her to sell the team. And, you know, hopefully, yeah. you know, they get their wish. But, you know, if Dame says it's a non-story, I believe Dame is a non-story. The team has to be sold eventually. That's been addressed. But she's also, there was actually a statement shortly before this came. I think the day before the story broke, there was a statement from Jody saying she wouldn't be selling the team. It wasn't for sale right now, currently, whatever. Not that she wouldn't be selling it. That's inaccurate. That it wasn't currently for sale. That eventually it would be sold. Um, and everyone was like, why are we getting this statement? This is weird. And then this story comes out and you're like, oh, they must have known this was coming. That makes sense. That's why they released the statement. You know, I mean, I've always been very vocal on this podcast, in my writing, on my social media, whatever, about the fact that people in power should be good people. You shouldn't have people in power that are going to abuse that power, that are going to be toxic, that are going to, you know, whatever. But ultimately, again, this is a situation where it's not just as easy as, hey, this is a toxic work environment. We need to get this person out. It's not that easy. Um, And I actually don't even know all the ins and outs of this and how this works. But I do know that it's not great. And and so, yeah, I, I think that this is not the kind of thing that needs to become bigger than it already is. But I think if you're a Blazer fan, you already you, that none of this is new. You know, you know what this is, and eventually the team will get sold. I don't know when that will be, but hopefully it will be sooner rather than later, and we can put this behind us and move on. For your sake, I hope so too. Yeah, Josh. Anything else you want to say about the Blazers? Anything 
we will avenge our summer league loss in the regular season. Yeah, <laughs> this is a Blazers podcast. Sorry, 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 sorry. Do no, you want to I mean, try again? <laughs> so here's the thing. I don't, I don't get on the microphone often for this show. So I'll give my pulse of the Blazers, you know, I like the team. I like the all-season moves that Joe Cronin has done. Jeremy Grant's going to fit nice in, in with Dame. You know, I think you and Dave hit on the points where you Nurk is a big part of your success, whether or not it's f- for better or for worse. And I think, you know, as Nurk goes in a weird way, I know he's not your best player, but kind of this team goes as well. Like if he can be a beast inside and give you some things offensively and, and be a big part of that, then I think this team could be really good. And I, I like the direction this franchise is going. I think trading CJ and, and, and kind of gutting the team and being able to turn around a respectable roster this fast is a very good thing that Joe Cronin has done. And I think he deserves some praise for that. You know, they haven't played a season together yet, so I could be wrong about this, but I think the Blazers are still a respectable franchise and a team that can be in the playoffs. And you know, like once you get into the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. So I think they're on the way up. I, I really do. I think it was a short downturn, but I think things are looking bright in Portland. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be a fun season, especially in contrast to last season. <laughs> it's not going to be last season. It's going to be a fun season. Uh, I'm looking forward to to watching Damian Lillard play basketball again. And I'm looking forward to Gary Payton Jr. And I'm looking forward to Jeremy Grant. I mean, not even just them, though, like Trenton Wartford. Like you have, you have, yeah. have a lot of players who give a damn, you know, and that's that's one thing that I, I like what Cronin's doing. He's not just players that play defense, like Josh Hart gives a damn. You know, yeah. Gary Payton gives a damn. They take pride in defense. They take pride in being on the court. And I think that matters. I think that matters for culture. I think that matters for chemistry. Yeah. Um, so I, I like this. I, I like the team. I do like I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think it's going to be a good season. I appreciate you being here, Josh. You know, we Josh does a lot for this podcast behind the scenes. Uh, you know, week after week after week, he makes us sound good, sound better than we actually sound in real life when we're stumbling all over ourselves. And, you know, I just, I, I appreciate your your contribution to this always. Um, and again, just for, for jumping on here with me tonight. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me on, Dia. Um, so Dave usually does this ending part. I think he says something along the lines of for Josh Rodriguez, I've been Dia Miller and this is the end. Sure. <laughs> I, I, that's, that's Dave's part. I don't ever do that part. So, and it's really weird. You're not going to hear this on the podcast. Uh, something's going on with my computer and it's suddenly like haunted. I think it's Dave. I think Dave's haunting my computer because Dave. every few minutes, iTunes pops up in the background and starts playing the Dave and Dia theme song. So I think that that's Dave. <laughs> Haunting our podcast. Dave haunts you. You hear his hello. <laughs> That's his ghost voice. Oh my god! When you did that right now, it just started playing again. See, there you go. Hello. So don't know. I don't. This is creeping me out. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. So for Josh and Dave and me, I've been Dia. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. It's been real. It's been real. A hater sees an opening down the lane. Moves towards the hoop. But then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave comes here and out of you. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent. <laughs>